0: There are quite a few places I wanted to go with this. Some things I wanted to touch on that I didn't know as much about it as probably I should, honestly. And as I was thinking and studying more, sticks jumped to mind. And they popped so prominently in my mind. I thought of one thing. I tried to dig farther and farther into the songs that I conclude on where I wanted to go with this. And one thing predominantly jumped to my mind was the great Jimmy Buffett. And it's 5 o'clock somewhere. But I listened to it a little bit more again. It's kind of country, and country isn't my thing. For me, I really don't like country music. It kind of like ugh, kind of like gives me that, and blessings to those who like it. Follow your heart and follow what you want. But there's one country, there's country-ish argue you could you could argue maybe techno beat yes song that jumps primarily out to me, and something that I reminded that I'm reminded of myself and that I wanted to tell everybody. So just remember everybody. Fidad and Bim for I've been married long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cat Najo? Fidad and Bim for I've been married long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cat Okay, not done. A little bit more. That's just making me dance. Yes, I know you're going... That's country music. I don't know that it is completely country music. There's a lot of techno there. So, maybe it rides that borderline. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I And if it is, it's the only country song that I like. That is a really good toe-tapping song. I really, really enjoy that song. But I wanted to get into... And pay a little homage while I'm getting into it to my to my dear friends Matt and Kimbra of Fantastic Cruising, and I wanted to pay a little bit of attention. Maybe they touched on it. Uh, I don't remember that far back. I don't remember in detail as much as I probably again as much as I should. But I wanted to touch on the history as much as I can able to dig up from from the little notes that I've taken from their past recordings and their past. Uh, their past episodes, notes that I've taken from there, and things that I've been able to dig up online via the Smithsonian, by via Royal Caribbean, via Norwegian, different sites, and <clears throat> excuse me, and via Wikipedia as well. All the sources that I've gone to, as far as the history, it's really, really interesting. It's really, really intriguing. There's a lot of stuff that you can find if you look, and it's very, very entertaining. Italy, a traditional focus of the Grand Tour, offered an early cruise experience on the French on the Francesco I, flying the flag of the Kingdom of the Two Sicilies. Built in 1831, the Francesco I sailed from Naples in early 18 in early June, 1833, preceded by an advertising campaign. Nobles, authorities, and royal princes from all over Europe. Boarded the cruise ship, which sailed just over three months to Taormina, sorry, I'm probably mispronouncing that T A O R M I N A. Taormina, Catania, Syracuse, Malta, Corfu, Patras, Delphi, Zanti, Athens, Smyrna, and Constantinople. Delighting passengers with excursions and guided tours dancing card tables on the deck and parties on board as well however it was restricted to the aristocracy of Europe and was not a commercial endeavor P&O first introduced passenger cruising services in 1844 advertising sea tours to destinations such as Gibraltar Malta and Athens sailing from Southampton the future Departure port of the great, most famous ship that's ever sailed, sailed, set sail on the ocean. Yes, the Titanic. And there's a lot I know about the Titanic. I've studied it a lot and visited quite a few times at the Titanic Museum at the Luxor in Vegas. And I saw it other when it was when it was on tours. And it's just sorry. I read. I heard. I read Southampton and saw Southampton. I went. Ooh, Titanic's home so port. The The forerunner of modern cruise cruise holidays, these voyages voyages were the first of their kind. P&O Cruises is the world's oldest cruise line. The company later introduced more round trips to destinations such as Alexandria and Constantinople. It underwent a period of rapid expansion in the later half of the 19th century, commissioning larger and more luxurious ships to serve the steadily expanding market. Notable ships of the era include the SS Ravina, built in 1880, which became the first ship built with a total steel superstructure. And the SS Valletta, built in 1889, which was the first ship to use electric lights. The cruise of the German ship Augusta Victoria in the Mediterranean Sea and the Near East from, the, from January 22nd to, to... lost the date here... From January 22nd to March 22nd, 1891, with 241 passengers, including Albert Ballin and his wife, popularized cruises to a wider market, Christian Wilhelm Allers published an illustrated account of it in... In what? I'm uh, going to butcher the pronunciation, so I'm just going to see... I'm just going to look and read the English translation. Back Baksheesh. The first vessel <coughs> Sorry, cough snuck up on me. The first vessel built exclusively for luxurious cruising was the Prinzessin Victoria Louise of the German Empire, designed by Albert Ballin, general manager of the Hamburg America Line. The ship was completed in 1900. The practice of luxury cruising made steady inroads into the more established market for transatlantic transatlantic crossings. In the competition for passengers, ocean liners, Titanic being the most famous example, added luxuries such as fine dining, luxury services, and staterooms with finer appointments. In the late 19th century, Albert Ballin, director of the Hamburg America Line, was the first to send his transatlantic ships out on long southern cruises during the worst of the North Atlantic winter seasons. Other companies followed suit. Some of them built specialized ships designed for easy transformation between summer crossings and winter cruising. In 1897 three luxury liners all European owned offered transportation between Europe and North America. In 1906 the number had increased to 7. The British-Inman line owned owned the city of Paris. What became fu- well became famous the Cunard line had the Campania and the Lucania. The White Star line everyone knows that name, Titanic. The White Star line owned the Majestic and the Teutonic. La Lorraine and La Savoie sailed for the French, for the French Compagnie Generale Transatlantique. Sorry again for butchering those languages, which I pro- butchering those beautiful languages, which I probably did. With the advantage of larger of large passenger jet aircraft in the 1960s, intercontinental travelers switched from ships to planes, sending the ocean liner trade into a terminal decline. Certain characteristics of older ocean liners made them unsuitable for cruising duties, such as high fuel consumption, deep drop preventing them from entering shallow ports, and cabins, often windowless, designed to maximize passenger numbers rather than comfort. In the late 1950s and 1960s, ships such as Holland America's SS Rotterdam in 1959, the French Lines SS France in 61, the Cunard's RMS Queen Elizabeth II in 69, were designed to serve the dual purposes of ocean liner during the Northern Hemisphere summer months, and the cruise ship in winter, incorporating, du- incorporating doors and baffles that could be opened or closed to the dividing classes to divide classes or open the ship to one class. And then I lost my place. That cough. That attack. Just maybe lost my place. To to ah to one class. There it is. Wherein all passengers received roughly the same the same quality berthing and most of the same facilities. Passengers in cabins in certain grades on the Queen Elizabeth II had access only to certain dining rooms. Ocean liner services aimed at passengers ceased in 1986. The Rotterdam was put on permanent cruise service, as was the France, albeit modified and renamed Norway in 1980 as part of NCL, Norwegian Cruise Line. This made the Norway by then the largest cruise passenger ship vessel in the world. It made it the first megaship. Cunard, on the other hand, put the Queen Elizabeth II on more cruises, but also in an attempt to shift focus of the market from passenger travel to cruising with entertainment value, pioneered by the luxury transatlantic cruise, cruise service, and catering to a niche market—a niche market of those who appreciated the several days at sea—international celebrities were hired to perform acts on board, along with cabarets. And with the addition of a casino and other entertainment amenities. The cruising, the cruising, the crossing was advertised as a vacation in itself. <coughs> Sorry, I tried to move the microphone away from my mouth when the cough attack hits. So you may have gotten a little bit of it. And for that, I repeatedly apologize. The 1970s television series Love Boat helped to, pop- to popularize the concept as a romantic opportunity for couples. Another ship to make this transition was the SS Norway, originally the ocean liner SS France, and later converted to cruising duties as the Caribbean Sea's first super ship. Contemporary cruise ships built in the late 1980s and later such as the Sovereign Class which broke the size record held for decades by Norway, showed characteristics of size once reserved for ocean liners. The Sovereign-class ships were the first megaships to be built specifically for the mass cruising market. They also were the first series of cruise ships to include a multi-story lobby with a glass elevator and had a single deck devoted entirely to cabins with private balconies instead of Ocean View cabins. (coughs) Other cruise lines soon launched ships with similar attributes such as the Fantasy class leading up to the the Panamax type Vista class design such that two-thirds of the Ocean View staterooms have balconies. As the veranda suites were particularly lucrative for ocean liners, something was, was lacking, which was lacking in older ocean liners. Recent cruise ships have been designed to maximize such amenities and have been described as balcony-laden floating condominiums. Now, another thing that's interesting, while it goes off, look, while it goes off on size, large-sized cruise ships, the one thing that I've studied and I've learned about through looking at the different ships that I've... that I've traveled on. So I've traveled on... I think i I think this may be my fourth or fifth cruise... that I've gone on. All the cruises... my cruises that have... and each one has been a different cruise line. So I've cruised on four different... four to five different cruise lines. Uh, in this order... Disney... in this order... Disney... Carnival... Holland America... and now coming up Royal Caribbean 4 and I would like to cruise on much, many, many different other ones Norwegian, all the other ones I'd like to cruise on all the other ones but I would not object to cruising on the same ones I've cruised on before cruising on, cruising on them again to me, when I make cruise reservations, when I make the, set up a cruise the the ship and the cruise line doesn't really matter what matters to me the most what matters the most to me is price is is the cruise reasonable is uh, am I not paying six arms and six legs for it? Now now I know some of you who are travel agents and I know some of you who know travel agents say, travel agents would say if you're looking for a cruise that's not that's pretty much determined by by cheapness, by by price, you might want to look at Carnival. Now, I think of all the cruise lines that I've been on, the, the cruises that I've traveled, Carnival might be one of the lower price ones or the better ones, the the as far as price is concerned. It might be one of the lower price ones. The the more bang for your buck, from what I've seen, um, that could go to Royal um, because. You're not getting; it's not as cheap as 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 Carnival is, but the but the upgrade in price that you're paying and the more that you're paying, you're going to get more for that for that price. You're going to get more bang for your buck, basically. Now, I'm all, I'm all saying that because I have yet to experience Royal, so we'll see we'll see where we're going, and I know we'll see how it ends up. And I know what you're probably asking. Well, what ship are you going on? We're going, we're going on the quantum class. We're going on the quantum of the seas. Um, in July, we're going up to Alaska. And this will be the second, my second trip up to Alaska. The first time I was on the Holland America's Konigsdam, And let me tell you, by far... Holland America may have the smaller ships when you compare it, when you compare it to, to the size or mega ships but they're not small at all. The Konigdom is not a small ship by the stretch of anyone's imagination. No, I will freely admit that to anyone. If you're if you're looking at a, if you're looking for big ships or large ships, yes, look towards you want to look at Royal because they they're, they're going to have the Quantum class is not small. The Quantum class is huge and the Oasis class is huge. They're going to they're going to have the big ships. They're going to have that. And that's what you, that's what you want to look at, but the other companies that are, have smaller ships, like Holland America, those are not small ships at all. They're not. I mean, they're not huge. They're not Royal Caribbean huge, but they're not small. Like I just said, the car, the Koenigdum is not a small ship at all. Um, it's not. It's not for. Sorry about the sniffles. I I have a stuffy nose, so. So sorry if you heard that sorry for the sorry i know you're you're probably you're probably going you're probably like taking your earbuds out or going ooh so I apologize for that everyone but yeah the the Koenigstam, the Holland america is not is not uh they're not small the ho the the Koenigstam class of ships are not small um they focus on different things a lot of Holland america is is very. Well, well, you wouldn't say that, or you wouldn't catch me saying that Carnival or Royal, just from seeing Royal, that's not about showmanship. That's what it is. They're designed about showmanship. But it's there's a lot of bang and a lot of glitz and a lot of flashiness to the different classes of ships that Royal and, and Norwegian and other companies have. Holland America is more more showmanship they're more shows like they're more the rolling stone rock room and they're more they're more about music and and rolling stone and billboard and they're more about putting on shows it's more show oriented which is not to say that carnival and royal and norwegian And all the other ones aren't. They just seem to be more in the long lines of every more glitzy. Whereas not to say? Where's also not to say? Not to fault Holland America to say that Holland America isn't. But they're just more of the theater shows. They're more of the artsy fartsy kind of thing. So, and it's not. And none of the cruises I've been on are, I, I would hesitate to say, now, I would say, thinking back to the cruises that I've been on, one, I might say that one of them was better than the other. I would say probably so far the best one that I've been on is Holland America so far. Uh, like I said, Disney, Carnival, Holland America, and now Royal Caribbean. Um, which is kind of funny when you think about it because we're going out to Alaska. Royal Royal Caribbean? Anyway, it's kind of, you kind of go, huh? So um, I wouldn't. So yeah, I would say that Holland America is the top so far. Um, but I wouldn't. I have a hard time saying that one is truly better than the other. They each do things differently. Each of the cruise lines is so different from the other one. I do think so dramatically different from the other that it's kind of like comparing. Well, I would say all the vacations that I've I've been on, my great joy in vacations is Vegas and cruising. And you cannot compare the two of them. They don't go together. They don't... They're two, they're two radically different trips and two radically different vacations. They can't, they can't equal each other. And they can't be compared to one another. So they both offer so totally different... Different um, excursions, different things that that you would do that you can't compare them to one another. Now, there's now yes, there are casinos on cruise ships. I don't know who came up with that, that idea, but from my point of view, God bless them that they did. But it's kind of it's just something something that yes, I get it. When you were younger, you wouldn't be that thing would that the casinos don't matter to you. But, and as you get older, you're like, yay, casinos. And they matter more as you age. So I understand that. Um, There's, you can't, like I said, you can't compare cruising to Vegas. You can't compare Vegas to cruising. And you can't compare each one to anything else in the world. They're just two totally, radically different trips to go on. Um, There's, and each has, each has their own, each has their own different, different history, different different legends and it makes me wonder about the lines the history of the different lines if you can come up with them i'm gonna see i've dug up a little bit and and seeing seeing what i've what i've been able to come up with and hopefully it was something something the digging that i was able to do hopefully came up with something it's this operators of cruise ships are known as cruise lines which are companies that sell cruises to the public well duh cruise lines have a, have a dual chart have a dual character they are partly in the transportation business and partly in the leisure and entertainment business a duality that carries down into the ships themselves selves which have which which have both a crew headed by the ship's captain and a hospitality staff headed by the equivalent of a hotel manager among cruise lines some Some are direct descendants of the traditional passenger shipping lines, such as Cunard, while others were founded from the 1960s specifically for cruising. Historically, the cruise cruise ship business has been volatile. The ships are large capital investments with a high operating cost. A persistent decrease in bookings can put a company in financial financial jeopardy. Cruise lines have sold, renovated, and renamed their ships to keep up with the travel trends. Cruise lines operate their ships almost constantly. If the the maintenance is unscheduled, it can result, potentially, in thousands of dissatisfied customers. A wave of failures and consolidations in the 1990s led to many cruise lines being bought by much larger holding companies, and continue to operate as brands or subsidiaries of the holding company. Brands continue to be maintained partly because of the expectation of of repeat customer loyalty. (coughs) And they also are also to offer different levels of quality and service. For instance, Carnival Corporation and PLC owns both Carnival Cruise Line, whose former image were vessels that had a reputation as party ships for younger travelers, but have become large, modern, yet still profitable. They also own Holland America and Cunard, whose ships cultivate an image of classic elegance. Well they cultivate i can see from i can safely say from being on holland america and and experiencing holland america they they, they do cultivate an image of i'm hesitating you know as you can hear having a tough saying classical classic elegance it's a cruise ship, and you get the feeling that it's a cruise ship when you're on it. You don't get the feeling that anything really about it is all that classical, because you 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 know it's a cruise ship, and you feel, and they make you feel like it's a cruise ship. So it doesn't feel like anything about it is, is all that classic to the industry, or to the ship itself, or to the ship's line. But it does make you feel like... It's not part of anything. Holland America makes you feel like it's not part of anything. Like, it's its own thing. Like, it may be... Carnival Carnival Corporation and PLC... It may be part of that. But it's not... It's not Carnival. It's not... It's not... It's, it's, it's part of that in the sense that it's only owned by them. Not that it's... That it's, that it's their ship's. You get the feeling on on Hound America that it's their own thing. That it's their own identity. It's it's their own... It's their own feel to it. It, It's hard to say other than to... what I've repeatedly said over and over again. It's hard to say it other than to say that. Which is not to say that Hound America is bad. Like I said earlier. It's my favorite so far. So... There are things... If you want... If you want a classier, more adult type of thing that you might experience on the high seas and things like that, then Holland America is your, is your thing. They're more the older the, the older group. And by old, I don't mean in their 70s or 80s or 50s or 60s. By older, I mean like in their 20s. In their mid to late 20s. Um, there are stuff, and let me tell you, let me tell you from personal experience. I did enjoy. I really, really enjoy Holland America. Not, not because of the older demographic and the older feeling to it. I enjoyed it because it's very. Let me tell you, it is very engineered towards people that would be into the things that you'd be into in your early to mid twenties. They they have a lot of stuff on board that's engineered to that, and it's not engineered in a sense that the stuff that you would find on Carnival or the stuff that you would find on Royal. It's not engineered in that sense. It's engineered in the sense that what Holland America tries to put forward in their their brand. So it's very you you feel like you kind of feel like it is an older cruise line. You feel like you do feel like you do feel like it's classic. Okay, wrong term here. And maybe this is a bit of, a bit of a more what I should have confirmed. You, you do feel there's more of a classicness to it. Um I wouldn't like I said I I wouldn't say elegance, which is not to downplay it at all. I don't mean to, but when you say that when you say elegance to me, it seems like it'd be like a cruise ship of the, royal, the, of the royal upper class in the medieval times uh, the kings and queens of the middle, of the middle ages it's, that's, when you, that's what I think when you say classic elegance or elegance like that that's not what Holland America is they are they, they, there is a classicness to them there's a classic feel to them there's things on their ships that you won't get when you go on a royal ship or a carnival ship or a Norwegian ship. You won't get that. But it's not a fault. There are things that Holland America does that makes you go, oh, I don't really need that stuff. Well, good, because you're not going to get it. But you go, I don't really need that stuff. And when I found out, when I said um, we were asked that, when I was asked, like, am I do I want to go on this big? Family, we got a big family cruise coming up, like I mentioned on Royal on the Quantum of the Seas in in July. Um, we had set it up on the on on Royal, and knowing what Royal what Royal does is the the North Star, the I Fly, the Rock Climbing Wall. Knowing that we that's what Royal does, and that's what they're more geared towards. I was I was like, oh yeah, that'd be something that I'd definitely be into. I really, really want to do that. And the Xbox Lounge, that is just so cool. That really sounds like something I'd be three thousand percent game for. But I'd also be three thousand percent game for what Hall America offers. This just they're different, like I said, they're they're almost as different as Vegas and cruising are to the world of vacations. They're just different brands, I guess it all boils down to what what you like and what makes more sense to you. Another thing that's kind of interesting, if you ever see, if you go online, Google it, or if you look it up online, and you want to see a difference of what the Titanic looked like to what cruise ships look like today, the comparison, it's huge. The difference is huge. Like, Titanic is... Titanic was a monster in its day <coughs> Titanic was huge for its day look at the look at the comparison of what ships are now to what the Titanic was it's really the, the difference is I'll post a, I'll try to find it and post a picture on on the podcast Facebook community just so everyone can see it. The Titanic looks like a dinghy compared to modern cruise ships. It's, it's, it's really, really interesting. And you think of what the Titanic was in its day, and it looks like a dinghy now. It gives you some sort of sense of how, what, what has evolved, ships, how ships have evolved. And it also gives you a lot of respect for the captain and the crew, given that how the ships have evolved, what they have to look over now and they aren't just these ships aren't aren't just floating hotels they're floating palaces they're floating dreams and i was able to so thank you for sticking with me i was able to dig up as much as i could on cruise lines history now i will repeatedly say the authorities you want to go to for cruising stuff is is my dear, the dear friend of the podcast here matt and kimbra of fantastic cruising that's who you want to go to and that's how it, who I would point everyone to. To cruise info and booking cruises. I would point everything point everyone to them. It's but this stuff, this history of cruising is really, really interesting and really really cool. So as always, I want to thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for sticker thank you all for sticking around with me as long as you have and stick around for a little bit more on the end here. Check out the best cruising podcast everywhere. Check out Fantastic Cruising on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform. And on their Facebook community, check out Fantastic Cruising. A great, great adventure you will love, love listening to and watching. Want to check out the best travel vlogger and videos anywhere? go to atlantic city disney six flags all along the atlantic city boardwalk and go to vegas check out the new york channel n-u-y-a-w-k on youtube you will be thoroughly impressed and thoroughly entertained you will love every second of what you're seeing go to youtube and check out n-u-y-a-w-k you'll love what you're seeing you'll enjoy every second of it want to check out the environment the climate the planet and everything we can do to have an impact on it check out city climate corner on all the podcasting platforms Apple Podcast, Spotify, on everything. You won't be disappointed. You'll enjoy and love what you're listening to.